and uh, welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. Um, tonight is another Friends of the Show episode, and um, it's going to be called "I'm Not Your Father." I'm just a really great guy, and uh, <laughs> you can laugh away in the background if you want. But I'm uh, I'm joined I'm joined by uh, Charles Turner, also known as uh, Vader Van Oden, who is known for being on Dark Insight as one of the. Uh, is it the? You're not no longer a trio, are you? There's about five or yeah. seven of you now, isn't it? <laughs> uh, four um, official cosmic overlords, as we like to be known. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so you're known for that, and you're also known for having your own YouTube channel with your um, with your son Odin, uh, yes. which you do a lot of fantastically entertaining playthroughs on things like Lego Dimensions and stuff like that. Which yes. I've recently got a hold of a copy, so. I have been playing that with my four-year-old um, oh, as nice. well, so it's been good, good fun. But um, we, as I say this all the time now, that but we've been, we've been talking on and off um, about you coming onto the show for a little bit, a little bit of time now. So, first of all, thank you for coming on. Um, I'm really delighted to have you on. Anyway, but we're going to talk a little bit about cardboard tonight. Yes, I'll um, do my best. Yes. Um, now, for anybody tuning in for the first time, um, this is episode 25. Nice, well done. <laughs> I know. It's like we're old enough to do everything now. Um, <laughs> you can rent a car. <laughs> absolutely. But the reason that we do this is quite simply because there are not enough, there are not enough podcasts out there about board games. And there also, there's not enough podcasts out there where there's an 11 and a half hour time difference, basically. No. <laughs> so there you go. So, uh, again, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, Glad to be here. You, yeah, I'm just, yeah, this should be this should be good fun. Um, what we normally do is we have a little chat about, um, about kind of your gaming history. Um, and I'm intrigued because I'm looking at the show notes, and this is how organised this is how organised Vader is. I didn't send out the show notes; he sent the show <laughs> notes to me. Well, I was trying <laughs> this to do, do, do my best. I was trying to do my best to be <laughs> a good guest. Best. I was like, God, email. I was like, and I felt guilty. <laughs> I was like that. Oh, I didn't send show notes. Oh, he uh, sent me know. a brilliant set of show notes. I just put bullet points and there's highlights <laughs> and there's links in it as well. So I was like. Wow, that's I'm really quite impressed. Um, you, yes, you're you're in New Zealand, yes, um, I am. and we want to obviously New Zealand, as we already said, is hours and hours away and miles and miles away. But looking at the list that you've given us um, for games that you actually grew up playing, it's not too dissimilar from the kind of the normal normal. So do you want to? Do you want to tell us a, bit, a little bit about your kind of your cardboard history, as I would say? So I've, I've enjoyed listening to all your guests on your show. I, lo- I love the wide <laughs> variety of, of your, I guess, your game creators to your game players that you've had on. Um, and and one common theme I've noticed is that people tend to start young and then have yeah. a hiatus and then come back. And kind, I'm kind of similar, but a little bit different. Is because I've been 
I keep dabbling in and out of board games as I've got older, and I kind of really want to. And I was speaking to my wife about it last night, about how a few years ago, we re- both me and her wanted to get into more board games, but we had no money at the time. And now we have a bit more money, we have no time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's always one or the other. But um, I have, uh, I come from a big family. Uh, there's uh, nine kids in my family. I'm number eight. Uh, so I have four older brothers and so I started very young playing um, board games and Dungeons and Dragons. I think I was like about three yeah. or four when I first started Dungeons and Dragons. I was very young. I remember getting um, in trouble because we're in the corridor, like wee hours of the morning, playing Dungeons and Dragons when we should have been in bed. And my mum woke up and realised, and we all got in trouble. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I was. I have a. I guess I got into it because of my older brothers. They they got into they got into Dungeons and Dragons when it was first coming out and other things like this. And so I started with those um, more imaginative games where you're kind of imagining the quests and the and the adventures. And then we moved on to more tabletop games. Um, so we started you, with Hero Heroes Quest was one of the ones I remember. You didn't start with, you didn't start with Monopoly. You missed out. Sorry, you. I didn't definitely played those as a kid. <laughs> I definitely played those, but no, my first games I remember playing would have been games like Heroes Quests and Dungeons and Dragons, not necessarily Monopoly. Uh, That's just yeah. So. Your brothers are, I mean, I mean, you know, without even knowing them, they sound like you know exceptionally fine people. If the <laughs> the first the first thing that they introduce, you know, the first thing that they say they're going to introduce you to is the grand old game that is you probably heard I, I absolutely adore and still have copies of um of Heroes Quest. Um did you I mean how was this was it like a continuing kind of thing? Was it something you all sat down with and played? Did you take turns? I mean I can imagine that it was really, really easy to get like a good, decent kind of uh, four player game going on that. Well see that that's the thing. Um my family's so big that I don't actually ever remember I feel like my three older siblings ever been at home because they're so much older than I am. Um, All right, okay. But yes, there's still enough of us of the younger family that we did. Um, so yeah, we would have had three or four easy um, playing these games. Uh, it continued on with my older brother. The second oldest brother is he's the fourth child, second oldest brother. This is going to get confusing for those listening. <laughs> um, right. He's the middle child of the family, but he's the big brother of the lot, the younger kids. Um, and when he moved off, then um, the, the brother closest to me, it's three years older than me, we kind of continued our own kind of um, campaigns. And I still remember some of my characters. I had a, I, had a, I think it was a half-elf sorceress um, called Silver um, was my, All right, okay. was was one of my characters. We always made multiple. Um, so I always had, our party was like six six or so characters and I, I had two and, um, and I had a barbarian and I can't remember what I called him, but I don't know why. But... Um, but yeah, did you, uh, sorry, did you no? Did you um, have a a kind of a favourite then that you always went back to? At the, you know, at the beginning, how you get the choice of like the barbarian, the dwarf, and the I think it's the elf and the wizard. Was there like a favourite that you always went to at the beginning, or because you were the youngest, were you kind of left with? Well, there you go, Charles. You can have you can have the yeah. one legged, legged orc or something like that <laughs> well yeah because that in Heroes, Heroes Quest I think I would always be like the dwarf um, and all the other games I tend to be the dwarf because it was yeah, the last one picked maybe <laughs> 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 I 
Uh, like it's probably because you were the shortest as well at the yeah, time. I was the dwarf. And so I've always had an affinity with, with dwarfs and halflings. I've always enjoyed those as characters. And so I would choose them um, in a lot of the games I played. Uh, even in like um, oh, uh, Golden Axe, I used to love choosing the dwarf. Um, yeah, but the dwarf had the best magic though, didn't they? Well, he was pretty cool. I mean, he was very, very cool. But he also had... They never seemed to have any armour on. It's tough. <laughs> you to have it's this, tough as nails. Well, you seem to have kind of some like green tunic or something like that, and the barbarians seem to just be wearing a pair of underpants, and that was it. I mean, if I was a barbarian, no matter how hard I was, I'd still be making sure I had a good bit of armour on me, especially yeah, if I knew I was strong enough. But We can we can thank Conan, um, Conan the Barbarian for that. <laughs> it it popularised the, the, just the undie uh, outfit. I know, <laughs> exactly. Look, I'm so I'm so tough. And yet, actually, after a bad bit of weather, Conan came down with the worst chest cold <laughs> ever. He became Conan, Conan the uh, Conan the Sneezer was what he was known as. Well, he was that was going to be the fourth film in the series yeah. where he just went around, kind of constantly just spreading his germs until he got kicked out of the village for giving everybody a really really bad cold. But that's a that's another film, kind of altogether. Um, Actually, I remember now you mentioned Conan, I'm going to bring this up. I remember, because I was introduced to these movies probably way too young because of my older brothers and sisters. I remember watching Conan when I was a wee lad, way too young yeah. to watch it. And I remember hearing like intro music and I turned to my brother and said, if the music's so loud, how come the villagers just don't run away earlier? <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I was young enough not to get that it was just soundtrack to the movie and that it wasn't actually in there. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I think we had I kind of had a similar thing is that over here in the UK um, the films had all different kind of ratings and Conan at the time the first one was a double A rating and my parents had no idea they had just got I think they were one of these things that they, they got a video they got a VHS player because everybody else was going out and getting one but they had no idea about how film classifications kind of worked so I must have been about maybe seven or eight at the time, and my mum and dad went, "Oh, we'll get you know, we'll go out and we'll get you, we'll get you something to watch." So they came back with Conan, and they put it on, <laughs> and it's like the first, I think it was like the first, the first kind of like half hour. You've got the um, you've got the attack of the village, and you've got his mother, I think, getting her head chopped off by yep. the leading bad guy. Yep. But I don't. I think my dad missed that bit, but I think my dad wandered in. I think it's the scene. I think they saw they saw the bit where Conan's going around with the with the kind of the the mill thing pushing it round as he's getting yep. stronger and stronger and that. And he said that bit, and then it got to the bit where they bring in the dancing girl for him for him to. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the, and that was when I've never seen. I don't think I've ever ever seen in my life a VHS tape get ejected so quickly from from machine and i was like oh oh is that uh, there uh, that woman she's uh, she's she's naked dad <laughs> and he went yes i know so i think there was strong words and then somebody went off and tried decided they were going to learn what film classifications were all about <laughs> so it was yes. all good fun um did did hero quest survive i think is the important thing or with so many young fingers on it, 
did it end up kind of getting chucked out or is it in a safe place in the attic do you still have access to uh, it no i don't have it although my brother may have it he kind of the this brother i mentioned earlier the second oldest boy fourth child in the family he kind of got a lot of that stuff uh, and a lot of it was his originally anyway um but i don't think that survived and it saddens me because it's even worse the story gets worse because i actually went a friend of mine who we played the odd board game with um more recently he had a copy of it from his childhood uh-huh. and it was in very good condition and we played um myself my wife and him and his wife played maybe like three years ago and again when we we're over for dinner and so recently after being reminded of the game because of your lovely podcast i, I messaged him saying have you still got that can i borrow it and he gave yeah. it away he gave it away <laughs> no, um, and I, I, I would have paid hope, him for that. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that you're not really speaking to him now. If that's the case, if that's <laughs> you, you I know. was very disappointed. I would have um, been. I would have. That would have deserved a wag of a finger. I mean, a yeah. disapproving nod, maybe, but definitely a shrug. Um, have you I, re- have you removed yeah. his number from your mobile phone? <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> I, I, I I still need to have words with him about that and see if I, we can get it back. Um, but yeah, because I've looked and on the like secondhand sites here, they're, they're going for two hundred New Zealand dollars for p- incomplete sets. See, this is a continual joke on the Dark Insight podcast: is that everything in New Zealand is ridiculously <laughs> expensive? Yes, yes it <laughs> and is. that basically a cup of you know, like a cup of coffee um, at a popular coffee bar of your choice is about forty dollars. So, <laughs> not quite but. <laughs> and that's what you know that's what you hear Jeremy that's what you hear Jeremy because he's the worst and yes. uh, <laughs> and that's what you hear Cliff going on about is how everything is so expensive but that is a fair that's a fair price for yes. a, a, a kind of a, a semi incomplete copy of Hero Quest um, it's over here and I've seen them go for probably a lot less but I think it's really funny because every single copy of Hero Quest I've seen that is for sale has the same issue that this the kind of the sorcerer's table <laughs> that has the little book on it and the two little candles always seems to be missing the cardboard bit at the bottom every yeah. single I don't know if there is maybe some kind of national or international epidemic <laughs> conspiracy <with> <laughs> There's some guy at the moment who has just finished his cup of tea. He's he's about to go and put his jacket on to take the dog out for a final walk and he opens up the cupboard and he's just got shelves upon shelves <laughs> of little bits of cardboard that are all the same sorcerer's table from HeroQuest. I'm absolutely flipping sure of it and I've got a list of suspects as to who I think it could possibly be. Um, now... Next yeah. on your li- next going down the list, it is you have you basically look like you have stayed within the kind of the realms of fantasy, Space Hulk, which yes. so no Space Crusade then you move straight from Hero Quest to Space Hulk. Well, that's what I was trying to think about it because I don't the space name Space Hulk. For some reason it doesn't ring a doesn't ring a bell on my memory. I do know the name, but um. It was it was a game similar to Heroes Quest, but it was in space, and so that's what Space, space Hulk is. <laughs> yeah, Space um, Crusade. I reckon it's space. I it could have been. Could have been Space Crusade. I reckon it is Space Crusade. 
Because was it the same? Was it the same company? Was it Milton Bradley that made it as well? And it was okay. Here's the here's the clincher. There was in this the game was a similar size board size to Hero Quest, but what you had is you had a cross piece that you inserted a four bits of cardboard in, and they basically divided up the board into four, and then they had doors on each. They had little cut out doors along the lengths of the bit of cardboard. I'm a close. That sounds that sounds really familiar. But I looked at all the pictures of Space Hawk and that looks familiar. Is it this cuz it has the aliens um Yeah, there's the it had the, the um Tyranids. No, it's not the Tyranids, the Gene Stealers. So you had the Gene Stealers and you had Forearms. Yes. Cuz they're in Space they were, Hulk as well. Do yes, they just they look are. similar? <laughs> they use the same models. I think that um Okay, that's what it is. To... I think I played both of them. <laughs> oh, but this is go. going back. This is going back a good twenty-five yeah. years ago. Um, so yeah, it was a long time ago. Uh, Did you... and, as I say, and... I started playing these quite young. So these these are way back in my memory. Some of these games. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed those games. I love I loved how you could go through, and it was you didn't know it was around the corner. That anticipation, the excitement of what could be. And then the devastation when you walked around and you just got destroyed by... <laughs> um, oh, no. It was... Um, they tried to build up the tension. I think it was in in Space Hulk and Space Crusade by introducing... And they might have nicked these from Aliens. Um, the film oh, it was Aliens. definitely a rip-off of Aliens. It was the... Yeah, I mean, it was the <laughs> the blips, wasn't it? Because yeah. what would happen is you Oh, would yes, place... you got the card. You get the card and it would yeah, give you a it blip. it would tell you how many blips there was. And you put the blips everywhere... And then when you turned the blips over, there was like a... They tried to represent it in a computer graphic. So what you had is you had like a little grid. It was like a black grid. And then yep. there was a black silhouetted picture of, the, of the, um, the alien. And then there was a number there to tell you what kind of hit points it had. Is yep, that right? I, yes, this is all coming That's, back now. <laughs> this is all... Spe- this I is all... Spe- yeah, this is yeah see? Said. So yeah, because that's the name I thought of. But then you you look at you when I searched it, I, I came up with Space Hulk, and it's a sa- very similar concept, if, well, what, the same concept really. <laughs> I think I think what happened was, and I think we said this well before, is that what happened is Space Crusade, Space Crusade turned into Space Hulk in terms of that Space Hulk I think already existed in some way, shape, or form, but the, the license was between. Milton Bradley and Games Workshop. So mm-hmm. what Games Workshop did is they, I think they basically took models that they already had in their back catalogue and said, okay, here's the models you're going to use in Space Crusade. So when people went on to play Space Hulk, they were like, oh, it's those guys. And they instantly recognised them. Except, obviously, the rule set was a whole kind of lot different. Um, and it looks like you kind of continued in that vein because you went into the Warhammer 40k. Yes, so we continue the Space Marines. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it's definitely Space Crusade. I've pulled up a picture of it now, and it's yeah, I remember that box. <laughs> I think uh, I've got that. I think I might still have it. I might still have it in the attic upstairs. But see, see, I was just too young to be aware of all these these. I guess these political <laughs> intrigue behind the scenes. <laughs> I know. No, I think um, I. It came out in the. Um, it came out in the old catalogue, and I remember um, it was you know it was the old catalogue where what you would do is you would buy something, 
and then what you would do is you would pay it off kind of like every week <laughs> so that's yep. what would happen basically you would um you know you'd order it you're you wouldn't even have to pay for it the postman would turn up they'd deliver it and then your mum would go down the post office or she would go to the counter in the the co-op and hand over a weekly amount so you know to get it paid up or they would just go ahead and pay it straight away depending on how how kind of flush you were at the time and it was i think it was the or maybe it was the little woods catalog probably was the little woods catalog but I remember wanting that because it was the most different game. I'd never seen anything like it. I already had a copy of Hero Quest, and I begged and begged and asked and begged to get a copy of Space Crusade, and eventually got my hands, my hands on it. But then, I went into, it was the same gateway thing because they then released Advanced Hero Quest and Advanced Space Crusade, <laughs> and they were <clears throat> firmly set in the Warhammer universe. I mean, the yeah, they were firmly set in the Warhammer universe for that time, so they were bringing in all the... They were bringing in things like your... Li- you remember, like, your librarians and your yes. dreadnoughts and all those guys? So they were getting brought into... They were getting brought into Advanced Space Crusade, and uh, that was kind of... That was kind of cool. So were you... By the time you are playing Warhammer 40k... Charles is getting older. A little bit. Still were you by? Were you? Were you? Did you own a set, or were you still kind of well, you getting on the shirt? Tells you, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned prices down here yes. in New Zealand. Games Workshop stuff. It was very expensive. Uh, still is down here. Um, so we were more creative. So we we had the codexes. Um, I was I was. I think I just got told I was going to be the Chaos Space Marines uh, by my older brother. Um, but my... on reflection, that's not a bad thing because those Chaos Space, Mar- Space Marines, oh, they're cool, decent. Oh yeah, 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 yeah they're very yeah, cool. I, I was, I was yeah, happy yeah. with it, but I, I don't remember choosing it necessarily. I just remember being told, um, and I may have even been bought the Codex for my a Christmas present or something by my brother. Um, I don't remember, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so we, we already had a collection of figures from Dungeons & Dragons times, my stuff my brother inherited, um, uh. just for, I don't know, for all sorts. And we just u- used whatever we had to kind of play to start off with, and we picked up a few pieces. We got the starter set. Um, mm-hmm. My brother was, is it the Elder, the kind of elf-like? Yes. Um, he was, he yeah. was them. Um, and then... The, the older one above him it was uh he was just the normal space marines and i was the chaos and yeah we just kind of went from there we created my my mum uh, did cake decorating and i've side note i've learned that as well and i do cake decorating yeah. as a side thing um <laughs> and so she, she had tons of boards and cake tins and so we just used them as like our hills and our kind of to create landscapes on our tabletop we didn't have the money or the ability to buy all this really expensive gear, so we just used no. our imagination and just made it work. Um, but then I went to, we did a family trip to the, the UK. Um, my parents are English. Um, they moved to New Zealand 40 odd years ago, and we went back to stay in the northeast of England to stay with my granddad for three months. And we bought a ton of stuff from the games workshops. <laughs> it, it, even back then, the New Zealand there was three New Zealand dollars to one pound back then. 
now it's right. about uh, two dollars to one pound yeah uh, and so it, even then with the exchange rate being what it was it was still maybe half the cost to buy a set of like space marines i bought a i bought a while we're there i came back i remember coming back with my um my hand luggage after like three months being there and buying it whenever my mum would let us we had a bag full of figures and I brought it through in my carry-on luggage, and customs weren't too impressed that I had this bag full of lead. <laughs> uh, oh, it was it pure lead figures as well? Of course, a it mix, was. A, a mix. I had some, I had some, I had some oh heroes. Um, I got myself a set of noise marines, plague marines. Um, I remember so I how old? Got, how old were you at the time? Uh, how old were you then? Ten. You might yeah, potentially right. be you might potentially be the most hardcore person we've had in terms of collecting if you're doing that stuff at ten. But it's, uh, yeah, well that's the thing. I, I started early, but then it kind of just it's hard to find a lot of stuff in New Zealand, or at least for affordable for a young person. Yeah, um, I suppose. And so that's that's I kind of dropped off because all those figures I don't have anymore. I think my brother has them because um, we inherited a lot from him. And then he yeah. kind of was a bit, a bit, held a bit of a grudge against us because we kind of inherited all his expensive stuff and damaged it as we grew up after he moved out of home. And so oh, me, and my right. other bro- me and my brother just gave him all our stuff when we had stopped playing. Um, and so I think he has it all stored in his garage. So I should go and harass him and see if he still has it. <laughs> um, do, you want, do you want to go down that trip to kind of nostalgia <laughs> lane? Because it's one of these things having the memories, but it's then a second thing kind of going on and... You're right, you're right. going to dive in because you don't want to see... Because you know what? It's not the case that you'll be sad that you'd, you didn't play it more. It'll be the case you might be angry with yourself because you'll be like, if only you'd taken better care of the stuff at the time, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> then it would have yeah. been fine kind of thing. Not because to keep the value, obviously, but just the fact that having a nice kind of pristine kind of set of something must have been absolutely... Uh, would have been absolutely fantastic, like oh. when, uh, like when Duncan Malloy talked about how he's, how, um, when he was first experienced Hero Quest and he ended up kind of tramping over a whole pile of skeletons that were perfectly painted, and just like, yes, wonder if you still, wonder if you still, get guilt about that. Oh, you'd, you'd have nightmares for years, decades. Um, see, I had some, co- I had some cool hero um, figures. Um, but we would just use whatever figures we had, like lead figures that my brother mm. had collected over the my brothers had collected over the years. And I remember one forty um, k match we had against my older brother, the older one of the two that would I'd play with. And I had you um, made my my army, and I had one of the demons, or the I can't remember the, what, what, what which one it would have been or what it was called. But I didn't have his figure, so I just used. Actually, it looks a lot like the figure that we had. Looked a lot like the um, demi gorgon from Stranger Things. All right, okay. It actually looked yeah. a lot like that kind of thing with clawed hands and munted hmm. face. And he killed it with one shot when his little claw was poking out. He just, because I was younger, he could bully me into whatever, whatever he wanted. And he insisted he had line of sight, which he really didn't. And, and I still hold that grudge <laughs> 25, 20 odd years later. And he, yeah. he killed my demon with a, it was a good roll. He got like a really good roll. And so he uh. would have done lots of damage. But the fact is, he really didn't have line of sight. He, it was like, a smidgen of his claw was visible, this is still, <laughs> and he yeah. and he killed him. Well, um, it's yeah, it the em- it's the Emperor in Return of the Jedi. You can feel the hate is swelling inside you just now. 
It's just I don't want to, I think we should maybe move on because I don't yeah, want to be probably partly should. responsible as a catalyst for you, you know, at this point in the afternoon, it being on Sunday, <laughs> you're going to phone him up and give him in a whole load of abuse for something that happened for the sake of a claw. Yeah, he always pushed think... it though because he was a bit, quite a bit older. I remember playing um, <laughs> Prisons and Arseholes, you know, that card game where you kind of, yeah. there's probably a nicer name for it, but I don't know what the nice name is. <laughs> Um, and he won with the like he won a hand with like three aces or something and I knew he couldn't have won because I had two aces <laughs> but he just quickly cheered. he quickly packed up the, the deck before he could actually see all three of his cards oh I've got three aces and he kind of packed it up and I'm like no you don't and he just wouldn't <laughs> yeah just bigger brothers that's what you do that's what they do <laughs> they can't and, win um, they cheat <laughs> And um, how would you say your relationship with your brother is now? Is it? Is ah, it's it fine? pretty it's good. It's a, fine. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. We both got our own so, families. We don't see each other that often, but we're still fine. We're fine. We catch up every so often. That's good. So um, you're not going to bring this up again with him when you do see him, though. Nah, probably not. That's <laughs> probably a good idea. This is just cathartic <laughs> getting it out now. <laughs> just share, share with the group. That's part of board games. Part of tabletop gaming. Yeah, it is. It's it's taking the trip. It's kind of taking the trip all the way through. So, you got Talisman. Yes. You're very, very Games Workshop. Was this what happened? Is you bought most of what Games Workshop had and then just lived off it for the following kind of three or four years? Is that how that kind of went down? To be honest... um, because I did this so early, I had no idea what was in the stores. I just did what my brothers got. Um, I was too young to go buy the stuff. Mm. But I, it, this New Zealand's always been a smaller market. We get less stuff. Now it's a lot better. Um, mm. I'm not too involved in the board game scene. But from what I know, it is. it was always a lot harder to get stuff. It was imp- always like people importing it themselves. Or um, We did have a games workshop store, but it wasn't like a full official one. It was just... They sold other stuff and Games Workshop. Yeah. Um, and so it was, they were the biggest, best thing around. So I think it was easy to get that stuff. Um, and so a lot of the other things were missed. But, so, yeah, so, so go on. But Talisman. I mean, oh, Talisman is, 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 it, is it as, I've never played it, okay? But is it as good as people say? It's very simple. Uh, the the rules have changed. I we had the the original first edition like way back, um, and it's a it's changed the newest iteration. Um, there's a lot of actual controversy. Well, not controversy, but it's kind of an interesting story. Um, now it's like kind of changed hands a few times. The license, I believe, because uh, yeah. then it, they reprinted it uh, maybe six years ago, seven years ago or so with the fourth edition uh, talisman. But then the company who reprinted it sold the license or went under or something happened. And so uh-huh. very quickly, they actually released the fourth edition revised, by which another company did. And it's actually adapt and it's twisted the rules slightly, uh, but it still plays really well. Um, I have, I, I don't, I've just got the fourth edition and because the first edition's long gone to the uh, annals of time. <laughs> it's probably just disintegrated. Yes, <laughs> it's just a really simple um, quest-based board game. Um, I like that it's there's no uh, back then a lot of board games that most people play like the Monopoly. It's just like a simple you go one way, you do this one thing. Uh, yeah. Whereas Talisman is 
you can go there's three rings to the board three outer like three areas um, and the goal is to get to the center of the, the middle one and you can choose whichever way you go there's a lot of like freedom so you're literally questing around the board which i find a lot of fun uh, and you get your simple kind of really basic um rpg characters so i think the rules say you're supposed to get a random character but everyone mm. has their favorites i'm a big fan of the priest uh the prophetess because she, right, okay. she has ability to um pick up a draw a second card when she gets to draw a card and then chooses which one she'd prefer um and that's quite a powerful thing uh to be able to almost choose what you get uh each round and did yeah, you get any of the expansions then do you have um, did, we, originally or, we did we had there was even a space one they had like a crazy space one and right. so you could get you could get like a guy with a laser gun and talisman which is really bizarre for a fantasy game <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah so we had a whole bunch of them i can't remember i remember the space one and i remember there was like a hills one i don't have any of the recent ones um mm. i have played the recent ones with a friend because he has them all um, all right okay cool and they're just the fun they add a lot more characters but what i do have is that they've made the game on ipad and so it's an ipad app ah, now. right okay um and that's one of the things with the fourth edition i actually got a code for a playstation 3 version of the game and when i opened it i was super hyped went on and it'd been because of the selling of the license it was removed from the psn so no i didn't way. actually get my free i didn't get my free ps3 version on it that's not good at all because talisman is one of the games that was getting published by fantasy flight so it's now come under the come under the cull and um, because the licensing agreement between fantasy flight and games workshop is finished and i believe that talisman was one of the games that fantasy flight were publishing for them and i think from february next year you won't be able to get it Oh, it's changing again. Finished. Yeah, it's totally yeah. I mean it's not it's not changing, it's just not gonna be made anymore, effectively, unless unless Games Work Games Workshop decide to grab the bull by the horns and start doing some more self publishing themselves. But they seem to be strongly heading down the miniatures kind of market at the moment. They're doing like a lot of things like Horus Heresy and things like that. Um, and a lot of it is kind of almost again it's kind of gateways to getting people into gateways into getting people to, to go and buy more Games Workshop stuff which is fine you know it's it's what they do and the the um, the kind of the quality of the miniatures that they're making now are very 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 good um, the, the, yeah the revised edition that came out after the fourth edition uh, it came it was like it, it adapted the rules it added in a, a fate um token so you could get a re-roll and you each each character had a different amount of fate they could hold mm-hmm. or started with um so i think like the the assassin had a couple more because you know um and the yeah and the thief had a couple more than maybe the warrior did um and so that was added in and with the with the revised edition you could get it was kind of confusing because you had the fourth edition and they didn't release another edition they just added they added they released the revised edition which complemented the fourth edition yeah and it, and it altered the rules and it came with a lot of the, the figures because previously it was just the cardboard cutouts on the little plastic tokens yes and so now the revised edition has the little um molded figures 
which is really cool. Um, and so I might actually have to pick that up now. It's going out. It's weird. Things go. <laughs> well, things become luck. scarce, and now you want it. Like I know, uh, it's the same. And then you'll end up having to pay like you know two hundred and fifty dollars for that. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I yeah, <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's been a big. Um, it's been a kind of a big cause for concern for a lot of people. Quite simply because. Um, you've got two sides to this. You've got the people that have bought it because they genuinely wanted it. And then you've got people that have bought it because they um they want to go and sell it on later on. Um but it depends how many have been sitting there before. Because you can buy I'm just looking at it just now. You can buy the revised fourth edition. Um it's forty quid. Which I mean that's forty pounds. It's not an awful lot at all, um, no. you know. So it's 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 yeah, it's relatively um, very very inexpensive. Um, there was what happened was when Fantasy Flight announced that they were going to discontinue kind of making the games. Um, the prices for a lot of their games just went through the roof, and people were asking crazy money for stuff. And now it's kind of like uh, it's kind of changed a lot now, and I think the prices seem to be kind of settling, settling down a bit, yeah. you know. And I, I might, think, pe- yeah, I might so, just stick with the iPad version. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the case is that how often are you going to play it if you do have it? Because you, you know, let's face it, you're a gamer, so you'll have a pile of shame. Yes, it's like do uh, you need do you need a cardboard pile of shame along the same lines? I guess is what you want to be well, looking at. The the fourth edition's still fine, like it still works fine. Um, Odin likes to play it, and we've played it as a family a few times. Um, mm. I think I might have actually tweeted this to you a few months ago. They had a board game day at his school, and yeah. he he insisted or he wanted to take Talisman. <laughs> So it's a little pr- proud gamer dad moment. <laughs> the six year old. <laughs> oh son. Son, you're, so, you're just me all those yeah. years ago when I was like starting on Heroes Quest and Space Hulk. <laughs> and I, 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 I told him like you just it's not worth taking. People, kids won't understand it. It'll be too hard to play. And he's like, no, I want to play this game. I want to play the other games. And and it turned out all the other kids here took your monopolies, your double trouble, yeah. your uh, snakes and ladders. And he he's, he wants this big. It's a big solid box <laughs> that he wants to take. Um, <laughs> He's lucky he didn't tip over and fall on his back when he was trying to lift it because yeah. the one thing about these bigger board games is they're you know they're a serious size and you seem to forget that paper is and cardboard is essentially thinner thin bits of wood. Yes. <laughs> so when you get a box full of cardboard, you're actually asking a small child to basically carry a wooden log into school. <laughs> and yep. if you did that normally, then probably parents would be involved and there might be a a couple of officials knocking on the door. Why are you, why are you trying to hurt your kids' backs? Uh, don't know. They like uh, they like well, no. board games, so gave them yep, some that's it. paper to take. Um, you've gone. I've interested. You've got magic on your list. I mean, was this how close to it was when you said you kind of you had a flourish and you played all these games? You've obviously we talked. Blood Bowl's in there, and we'll come back to Blood Bowl because um, Blood Bowl seems to be Blood Bowl is getting another reprint. Um, it's getting redone. Magic. What was yes. the story? What was your magic kind of thing? What happened? Um, Against the same brother. Um, 
I'll just I'll just say Taylor's name rather than trying to explain. He's the second brother, the second boy, fourth fourth child. Uh, it's David. <laughs> um, right, okay. He's about ten years older than me, um, and and yeah, he he was over in Australia before when Magic got released, um, and he was quite friendly with the local comic book the comic book store. This is a story he's told me, so it's like third. This is like fourth hand at this point, I guess. Um, and he would, was quite friendly, and the store had got their shipment of magic, and they were talking about they were talking about games and stuff and whatnot, and Dungeons and Dragons and things he liked. And the guy said, "Oh, I've got these cards," in, and explained they weren't actually available to be sold yet. They had just come in; the, the, the release date hadn't hit. But he still sold my brother like a full box of them. Really? So before release, my brother managed to get almost all. All, all, the, all the original cards and I actually looked it up last night the originally there was like two, the first edition release um, which might have been just America to be honest now I think about it was 295 or so so, so cards and yeah. then then soon after in October it was increased to 300 and, and like three or something cards in the original set of Magic um, as in the made, original, 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 original release, as in first print. Wow. <laughs> yes, and that's what I played. He came back with a full kind of shoebox full of these cards, um, and he created a deck for me. Um, I was, I think, from memory, uh, I think I was red and white hybrid was my deck, huh. um, and we would play. And my the brother just above me, he was green, and he had, I think, almost every single card you could get in green, bar maybe the the one rare card. Like, there's each color had like an extremely rare card, and he had yeah. every card. And like, now it's so hard to do that with how many cards are in <laughs> Magic. I know. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, so I was it. very Did early you? on. Um, yeah. And then it died. Like, it became super uncool. Um, Although growing all through high school, like none of the stuff was cool. I was like the only guy who playing it. I was the I was the first nerded jock in my school. I really? played video games, I played board games, I watched cartoons, but I was still captain of my rugby team. <laughs> uh, so I'm a I'm a nerd jock. I created a new so, genre. <laughs> so if anybody gave you any kind of nonsense at all, you could just make sure you slammed them straight into the ground. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, I'm, no one messes with me. I'm, I'm still no. quite a small dude, but no one messes with me. None of my friends, they'll tease me about watching my Japanese cartoons. And I'll just say, hey, look, <laughs> what's your favourite cartoon from when you were a kid? And everyone has a favourite cartoon. Yeah. I'm like, what's wrong with watching that now? You're a bit older, who cares? You enjoy it? Have fun. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and that's the way the whole world's gone now. Everyone just love, just enjoy what you enjoy. It's good, but, you know, 20 years ago, that's, that wasn't cool. Um, of course but yeah, magic. Wasn't. I was I was yeah. on really early on um, with Magic and then stopped and I and I haven't really played since. I just thought it was interesting because Magic is a is a I don't know not quite a sore subject on this podcast, but it, it's controversial. It's, it's controversial. Sore, it's not controversial. It's only controversial because Brian made was on the show. Right. I made you buy a pack after. No, he didn't even make me buy a pack. I did that through my own choosing, but. The story is that Jeremy Greer, yeah, <laughs> was right. on the sh- was on the show, and me and him talked a little bit of you know maybe not unsavoury. We didn't we weren't nasty, <laughs> but we did question why you needed to double sleeve something, and then we bought Brian Wade on because I had a chat with Brian and said, "Oh, Jeremy said you'd be good to come on," and I didn't know at the time that. 
Obviously, Brian was a big Magic player, and then I realised what we'd said on that podcast, and then I felt bad. <laughs> and then, <clears throat> and then Brian Wade came on, and he was delightful right up until the end of the show, where I asked him the question that I ask everybody, <laughs> and, and he, he said, said yes. He said he was. <laughs> I can't even. I'm trying not to cry here. He said he was, and it ruined the entire episode. There's many a time, there's many a time when I have stayed up late at night, maybe having a quiet, sociable drink to myself, maybe too a little bit too much. The finger has hovered over the delete button. I'm not judging, I'm just saying that, you know, magic is not a sore point. Brian Wade is a sore point. <laughs> And for anybody that wants to listen, you don't have to listen to the whole episode, but if you listen to the last two minutes of that episode, you will see what all the hurt is. Brian's a lovely guy up until the last two and a half minutes, (laughs) and that's all I'm going to say about that. I can't keep talking about it. My therapist said it's not good for me, or my karma. Just kind of move on. Magic is is fine. Yes, it was a lot of fun. Um, it's it just is. changed a lot over the time. And that's one of the things I have a hard time with because I played these so early. Um, same with Dungeons & Dragons. I played in, in some, with like the very early editions. And then so I try looking at it now when I meet people who are, who are playing currently and I'm like, I don't understand it because it's changed and evolved so much over the years. Um, it's it's almost like it's a whole new thing. Um, and it's interesting because that's why I kind of put Magic down there because yeah, being right from the beginning and then seeing it now, it's it's kind of really hard to get back into it. Have you um, ever have you picked up a deck just for a laugh, just to see what it would be like? Uh, no, I haven't. Pur- I wouldn't. I haven't purchased one. Um, I, my nephew has started playing recently. He's twelve, and I've looked. I've had a flick through his cards. Um, and what do you what do you think? Is it what deck has he got? Is he? Because I, I got wouldn't, wouldn't be able to tell you to be honest. I, I can't even remember. I got the Kaladesh one and I've looked through it and it looks really, really nice, but I haven't. I'm going to admit it, I still haven't taken a step to make a play. Well, because well, other things came up. I mean, I had to do the glossing upstairs in the bedroom and I listened to Days of Future Cast while I was doing that. And, and then I didn't play Magic. So, and then. Let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. You just haven't bought your, your protective sleeves yet. <laughs> You're just waiting for that. (laughs) I know. What I was going to do, I was tempted to, like, just buy a single, kind of, like, just get some really, really, kind of, slightly smaller sleeves and just have pictures of, kind of, (laughs) magic cards that have been slightly folded over and and then put in the sleeves and then I'll maybe at somebody. I can't. You know. the, the other the other fun game you could do with that is you know you it could be kind of this is a bit of an expensive prank but you get your you know you can get your cards the really rare cards like yes. in, like PVC plastic like solid few mil thick kind of deal get your yeah. whole deck and done with those and turn up to like a <laughs> tournament with like a two foot high deck <laughs> with your cards PVC protected just stick them on there yeah just, just like, slab them on the desk. I yeah. always think the best one would be to play um, Magic Legacy and <laughs> just lean over halfway through a match and just start ripping up somebody else's <laughs> cards and just change them. Oh, you're not That's allowed to use that anymore. I just no. see the, 
the faces. But we are going towards magic hatred, and I don't want magic <laughs> hatred. I just want magic love, and you're taking me someplace I don't want to go. Oh, it's a lot of fun. Um, Stop it. But to, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, I do, I do actually still enjoy. I, I, I haven't played the card game, physical card game, but I do often have in the past picked up the the digital versions on like the PlayStation and played a few rounds of that and on the iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do still occasionally play, but just digitally. So. Um... You got okay, so you've been continuing to play match. So you sound like the guy. You're the guy that was very, very at the beginning, and then took the break. With Blood Bowl, um, which was obviously their attempt to some kind of kind of interactive, um, kind of I guess fantasy football in the ultimate sense of the word. Did you play that a lot? Did yes. Did you get a chance to play that a lot? I love you blood, love Blood Bowl. Have you looked at the um, the new edition that's going to be coming out? No, I haven't actually. I don't. I, I think I may have vaguely heard rumblings of it, maybe on this podcast. Um, but no, I would be interested. Except I'm a bit scared about price because I'm expecting it'll be pricey. Um, I ju- I'm just going to check it. Let's do some live checking because we like to do live checking so here we go <laughs> dum, ba, dum, ba, dum, live checking type extra loud for but, but, no, no, no no that's fine yeah you can do Foley as well because Foley's good here we go okay <laughs> the new Blood Bowl 2016 edition 65 pounds 60 no 52 uh, on Games Workshop it's 65 well Games Workshop you can get it somewhere else and it's 52 my question is, do those figures actually come pre-painted or are they just showing what it could be like if you can actually paint? Yeah, they just generally don't. Because the, um, the other thing that is a great industry, is a big industry thing, is obviously the, the painting side of things. So, yes. Um, you know, buying that now, Death Zone Season 1. They've got it there. I mean, it is like, they're already ready. They've got, um, yeah, I'm just going to check. What does it say? Ah, to compare, blah, 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 blah. This isn't making any good sense to anybody listening. <laughs> going, you've got two guys sitting on their computers checking stuff when they should have potentially looked at this before they came on the podcast. And it's like, no, you're all right. Um, I don't know, because it gives the impression that these guys are kind of painted. But it doesn't uh, actually On the say. Games Workshop website I'm looking at, they have uh, Blood Bowl paint bundles for the Skaven Blight Scramblers. So I'm assuming they don't come painted because they're ass- paint packs. I'm assuming this is this. I'm just showing the, the potentiality for yes. you to be able to make them good looking. And as I said, I could possibly take up that challenge if I was wearing my my newly acquired reading glasses it's unfortunate that my, my uh, while my drawing ability is okay, my ability to paint the kind of the hairs on a Skaven's nose is yeah. going to be, you know, it's not going to happen. You know? My brother was really good at it. I'm not, I'm not as good. I, I tried a little bit when I was younger, but my brother was actually really good at it. And he had all the, the brushes, like the two hair brushes, like with two little strands of bristle. To get the little detail, it was just—it's—it's it's crazy how, how detailed some people can get these things. 
I think the main thing for me is the fact that my hands, when I when I was younger and we did have like Space Crusade, I did paint them and I got right in and you did like the washes and you did the rinses and you did the highlights and everything like that. Um, I mean, and you got right into the detail. But what I found is, as I've got older, my intricate fingers that I used to be able to rely on have turned into some kind of so many kind of sausage kind of kind of tied together instead. So I'm trying to hold this thing and manoeuvre it around and I just end up kind of like, I don't know. If you don't mind your figures being kind of painted in big blocks of colour, then I'm your man. But if you're looking for anything that's ever going to represent something that you see in an advert, you're better getting a professional in. The guys that um, were on the Purgatory episode whose their um, Kickstarter just finished, and I think it, f- it funded, um, they both, Gary Devereaux, he was a really big, he was very, very into his um, into his painting, and I think he's won in a couple of awards for his nice. uh, the stuff that he's done. And if you look on their, I think on their Facebook page, um, I think he's done a couple of... Um, treatments and pictures as well so it's worthwhile yeah it's definitely worthwhile looking at um, yeah. yeah he's done some it's very impressive very when you can stuff. do that stuff it's very impressive it is it's a very uh, specific skill and very hard to, to learn oh yeah no absolutely yeah. and you know um, I think nowadays it's really weird because nowadays you do get so many more board games that do have a pile of miniatures of them as I, I've got um, I was reading over the well, I was going to read over the rules for Scythe tonight um, because I've got it, but we, me and Colin haven't played it, and um, that was one of the games we were going to be um, kind of looking at playing. And the miniatures in there are fantastic, but there seems to be a lot of focus on creating really beautiful-looking miniatures, but not necessarily painting them but there is a secondary industry which is and i've seen it on a few kickstarters now where they'll offer like a professional painting package so you can pay like say a hundred pound or sorry say 75 pound for like a normal pledge yeah so you get like a dungeon game with all the miniatures but if you want to you can also go up and you can pay 500 pound and the entire Mm. set is like professionally painted I'm just like yeah. I was gonna say it had to be quite pricey because it takes yeah. a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, it would take a lot of time. You gotta wonder like kind of, you know, um, how they're kind of gonna be, how they're kind of gonna be doing it. Um, so yeah, but Blood Bowl. Yeah, I like Blood Bowl. I really like Blood Bowl. <laughs> um, played a lot of that as a kid. I played the old uh, computer game as well, which was like just a digital version of the the board game. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you played the new one? No, I I played the PSP one that was yeah. a few years back. Um, it's it was good, but because of the fancy, I find the 3D graphics and fancy graphics make it harder to because it still plays like a board game. It's kind of quite jarring. I think I'd still really enjoy the newest one, um, but I still yeah, I I prefer I'd actually just prefer to go play the original computer game version if I was going to play a computer game of Blood Bowl. Blood Bowl. Bloodborne. I think, um, uh, oh yeah, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's enough the of that. There's enough yeah. of those. You know what the thing is? There's definitely 
too many podcasts about Dark Souls at Bloodborne. No, no. No, it's not. It's not. There's <laughs> <laughs> never enough. Um, no, but yeah, I think... Because um, I saw it the other day. I saw, um, I think it's Blood Bowl... Blood Bowl 2 has been out on PSN for some, for some time. Um, yes, it has. It's dropped in price quite drastically. And I... I to be honest, I think I would like playing it. Um, but again, I've I've run, I played the original Blood Bowl, Blood Bowl video game on for so long when it shouldn't be run. Like we had it on, we had the discs, um, for a long yeah, back on floppy discs. I think I remember correctly. <laughs> and it just plays so well. And I think I ended up finding a downloadable version of it um, more recently, and it's just fun. Like. Although I, yeah, oh. it, it's it's good. I like squishing people in Bloodborne. I'm I'm not <laughs> I'm I'm not one to um I'm not one to tempt or try and tempt other people to consider buying stuff, but I have just kind of I've just jumped onto the PSN store just to find out how much it's going for, and it is eight pound ninety nine. I'm not saying. I'm just informing. It's I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll get it if you get it, and we'll play a game online. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it's a lot of fun. My my first thoughts are looking at the the new version. It looks nice. It just the actual board is what disappoints me the most because it's cardboard. The original was a styrofoam, like a um, styrofoam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, board and it had it was all molded and it had like the skull was like embossed in the center the blood bowl blood bowl logo yeah. it was like embossed in the center of the board um, I would have liked to have seen them do that again something similar I think um, space I mean the when I saw the third edition of Space Hulk the size and the thickness of the cardboard on that was just absolutely ridiculous so it still might be i would i would still have hope for it because if it is going to be um games workshop um quality then you can guarantee it's going to be good quality so oh, i'm, sh- I'm sure it looks good quality it's just that that nostalgia of that of that board the that, actual original board yeah no absolutely it, totally, it was no, a fantastic totally thing and it had like Im- embedded sections so you had like the least little um uh, rectangle um, team banners that would slot into the end zones of the on the on the board, and just yeah, just that that's just so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it doesn't look yeah. So and I just really like that and that that board just yeah, it's a huge amount of nostalgia. Um, rumoring that styrofoam board, and it would just be nice to kind of do that same kind of thing. But but it does look nice. It looks well made. It looks like a real solid bit of cardboard, not like flimsy or anything like that. Um, yeah, and the I mean, figures look awesome. We'll just need to see where they go because they might be able to start and go back and rescue the previous stuff that they've now finished their license with on Fantasy Flight, which could either mean a whole pile of games get an ad- a new edition, Remake, or yeah. unfortunately a pile of games. Um, don't get made. Don't get made again. I can't see it because if you've got a working relationship with Fantasy Flight, that means you're shifting a lot of product as it is, 
and they're now I believe they have got a working relationship with Asmodee who are one of the biggest board game companies in the world now as well so I can't see them taking kind of 10 IPs and just saying right we're not you know you that's it you're it is almost like say um from software said right no more dark souls for every for anyone at all and just removing all the soul series from the the PlayStation store because yeah. the agreement's kind of ended so it's yeah, yeah okay, we'll just, you'd hope not we'll just, yeah no. going back no. to prices in New Zealand it's very expensive blood bowl blood bowl here it comes out in 2 weeks time though it's on the 25th of November when's your birthday charles oh, it's been <laughs> when is it uh, 27th of September. Well, technically, was there anybody that maybe didn't get you a birthday gift that you could guilt trip into? My brother. <laughs> Did he not get you one? <laughs> no. Did he? Ah, so he's not used only continuing to cheat you out of games, but he's also not getting your birthday presents. But yeah, it's $165 for the starter set here. What? So, so it's an extra 30, 30% higher price here. Is that even taken into account the conversion Exchange rate. rate as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah? So six, six, 50 pounds would be about 100 bucks New Zealand. So no, it's probably actually yeah, an extra 35% more. That's um, that's quite a bit. Yeah. That is just a bit. Yeah, it's a bit. Mm, okay. It adds up quick. Yeah. But yeah. Enough about exchange. Okay. This is a games podcast, not a <laughs> finance. Well, you know, it's all, you know, it gets brought up enough anyway. We thought we might as well mention it anyway. But so. Here's the interesting thing. So you've been playing, you've been playing away. You're playing what you don't realise at the time is some fine vintage, in terms of some cardboard. Yes. Then, you just drop away from it. Yeah, my brothers moved out of home. Um, mm-hmm. No less people to play with. Uh, video games became more prevalent in mm-hmm. for me, I guess. Uh, although video games were around with the same brothers, I was playing Commodore sixty four and Atari from a very young age. Playing um, some of the the, dun- the Dungeon Dragons um, games very young. Um, I'm trying to remember their names now. This was I didn't plan for this, so I've forgotten the names. The <laughs> Dungeon Crawling. Yeah, anyway, the video games not important. Uh, but yeah, playing yeah, so yeah. video games became more prevalent. Uh, playing PlayStation and whatnot. Um, so yes, yeah, slipped away a little bit. Uh, but more recently over the years I've kind of played a few more games from time to time and as I say the, the urge to play them is there it's just the time and the money hasn't always been <laughs> yeah no I think that's what um, I think that's why it's weird no it's because there are some people that continue and I think the joke is that now it's like well let's find the one person that has been does. kind of yeah. propping up the entire kind of games industry over the last kind of 20 years continuously and I think um, at Dwarf um, the club there are people that have been going for the last kind of 10, 12 years so all of a sudden to have people kind of flooding in and going yay board games look at this this is exciting and new and they've been saying well I actually played the first edition of uh, Talisman when it came out and uh, you know I don't know what you're talking about Um, you know get yourself away or I remember when uh, people even couldn't spell Carsicone let alone kind of uh, pronounce it or, or play it for any reason whatsoever so but when did you you know the stuff that you have been kind of getting to the table recently 
when did that kind of kick off again? When, because the conversations that we've had kind of back and forward, it sounds like with a lot of people that we've been speaking to recently getting back into the hobby, that it's something that's come around in the last maybe couple of years now, um, but it's really kind of got its teeth into you kind of thing. Yes. Uh, correct uh, me if I'm wrong. Yeah, um, it would have happened maybe um, a kind of a when I pick up Talisman, I guess my wife bought it for my birthday maybe six years ago, the fourth edition. Yeah. And it kind of started with that. Um, and then playing Catan with some friends um, at their house. Uh, so, again, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I didn't have the money. I was studying um, probably at the time. So we didn't have the, we had the time but not the money. Um, me and my wife, um, I was one of the weird students who was married while at university. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. Um, I, I went to uni- university quite late. Um, I was 23 mm. when I started, but I was already married and um, I was the odd one out. Uh, I've yeah. seen as a mature student at that time. I was, I was. Which, I was very proud of my mature student status. It sounds like one of the most insulting things you could say to somebody. <laughs> it's like, you know, you might as well call me over the hill student. It's like I'm still a bloody student. It's not like, you know. Well, when you compare a twenty-three-year-old who's married with the eighteen-year-old, there is quite a big difference, surprisingly. I suppose. Yeah, I suppose. Um, did, um, did you ever? How? I mean, did you spend a vast, vast time at university with your kind of constantly rolling your eyes at folk when they were coming out with absolute nonsense? Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> we might as well admit it. It's time. To yep. Um, um, we've still got some good friends from them. Um, Ages and oh, everything, though. Um, <laughs> well, you did have until they listened to the podcast. <laughs> it's all right. We can edit, we can edit this. We can edit this bit. Go again. Let's go again. Charles, right. what did you think of the people that you were at university with? Oh, they were good, 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 good bunch. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. That's it. That's it. <laughs> We've covered that off. We we can forget the other thing. You know, um, I'm not going to edit out though, don't you? Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm getting sore cheeks from smiling. Um, uh, <laughs> you're always a good laugh, Richard. You're always a good laugh. No, um, no. But yeah, so it kind of went from there. We kind of picked up a few games, me and my wife. Mm. Um, we played, like, one that we enjoyed playing with the family was, like, fantasy business. And it was just, like, a game about buying and selling, like, fantasy-based items. So you're, like, everyone's, like, merchants. And you're kind of un- trying to undercut uh, the people around the table. Or or if, if you have a monopoly on things, you can increase the price and you, um, and whatnot. Um and yeah, so it was, it was a fun little game. It was really just a, a small business game, but it had with the, the fantasy aesthetic to it, because mm-hmm. you're buying swords and potions and stuff. Um, just... <laughs> I, actually, a game I actually really enjoy, enjoyed during high school was, I can never remember the game, right name of it, but it was a, actually was a business game. Um, you had you start off, there was two uh, tracks you went around. It was like a way more complicated version of the game of life. And you start off in the rat race, and you have to get your passive income higher than your expenses before you can move into the into the, the actual main board. Um, was that not called the rat race? Maybe it was called the rat race. If you search the rat race, it always comes up. But that was a fun game. Uh, <laughs> anyway, sidetrack. Um, so you kind of dip back into board games, was playing things, games like Dominion and Catan. Um, and then I kind of got busy, started started my career and, well, job. <laughs> not really a career. Gaming is my <laughs> no. career. Gaming is my career. 
Gaming is what I would call my career. It's like my job is my job. But you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I know exactly where you're coming from. And so I kind of weaned off, I stopped playing games again. And then more recently kind of been um, uh, play, uh, picked up a few more things. Um, Ticket to Ride was a lot of fun. I played that recently. Um, and I got the app version of it. So I mostly just play on my phone. Um, that's a lot of fun. Um, and then actually, to be honest, uh, the, the, the big urge to play more board games is because of you. <laughs> um, we're such enablers. I mean, we're just... <laughs> the worst i mean when we sit when we sit down and have all these big meetings with all these corporations and they say what are you pushing on this episode <laughs> you know we, we get our list and then we get our lovely big check in the post i hope so i hope you do always, yeah, it's always really really nice i mean in fact i'm getting so many checks from publishers at the moment <laughs> i'm starting to have to turn them away because my bank account is just full of money it's too full You're using just, it to wallpaper your house now I tell you, if I get another letter from the bank saying, can you open another bank account because this one's full, I might have to hurt somebody. Um, but, no, but... but um, yeah, I think um, things like... I mean, Ticket to Ride, very, very kind of accessible. And we, I mean, I guess, you know, I appreciate you saying that, but one of the things that we've always tried to do is to kind of maybe explain games and not assume that people know about games and in all fairness Catan is one of the games that comes up again and again and again it is. and you know what I, we just don't we've never spoken about it and I think everyone's played it <laughs> well I think it's sometime in the future that we will have to actually sit down and say well let's go through it so that people know what they're talking about because it is almost like a case of um, you know it's almost like it's become such a staple thing that I don't think anybody actually sits down and says, okay, it's about this and a hexagonal grid and dice and blah, 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 and actually take people what, you know, kind of through, kind of through what it's about. You meant, um, Ticket to Ride as well, as I say, that's another kind of game that people would consider almost like a, you know, Catan, Ticket to Ride, if you ever look at a newspaper article on 10 games you need to play before you die, they're kind of always they're kind They'll of always there. in there. Yeah, um, and both both have um, app phone apps for those down now, which is so it makes it easier to play if you don't want to actually. It's a couple of dollars and you can have, have yourself the game already, um, and you can play on your phone, which is fantastic because I've always thought if you, I always thought if you were ever unsure because let's face it, um, even you know. Let's not be daft here. 20 quid, 25, 20 quid, 25 quid, 40 quid in a game is still, for a lot of people, it's a really, really decent amount of money. Well, let's face it, for anybody nowadays, just throwing away 30 quid in a board game that you've never played. You know, yeah, it's a, it's a big risk. It's, it's yeah. a big, it's a, it's a big risk. Whereas I'm looking, you can get, you know, you can play, you can play Catan for... You can get a phone app for three twenty nine. Yeah. Then you can decide from you can decide from there if it's something that you want. Same with Ticket to Ride. I think Ticket to Ride has is vastly more expensive though. I think I remember looking at Ticket to Ride and thinking, Oh, okay. But then again it's six ninety nine. So not not so a huge investment. It's not I mean, it's not massive. And I suppose it gives you a really, really good idea of how 
um, yeah, it gives you a really, really good idea of how it plays and whether or not it might be useful useful for yourself. I'm interested in um, Boss Monster 2, and I'm also interested in the Minecraft card game, because you've got both of these on yes. the list of these ones that you've got to the table. I know, I'm aware of Boss Monsters 2 because the packaging is delightful. It is, it is, it is. almost like a... Um, it's almost like a, a kind of a Nintendo-y type yep. package. If you ever look at the old super, the old Nintendo games, not Super Nintendo, but the original Nintendo games, that's the type of the box that you get with Boss Monsters. Do you have a copy, or is it something you've just played? Uh, I had a copy. I actually first played it in Japan uh, when I went earlier in the year to to see my um, my brother. Me and my wife went, mm. and the first night there, him and his flatmate pulled out uh, Boss Monster Two, and I just thought it was a, a really nice simple game um and a lot of fun and something i can play with odin um as i say like this podcast has encouraged me to get more into to the board games but previously i've still been dabbling um picking up the, the game still playing talisman things like that on and off with my son um and this it's just a really simple the and you mentioned the Nintendo, the box, the whole game mm. art, all the cards are, are really well done. They're all done in like a pixel kind of uh, Super Nintendo kind of graphics. And all, mm-hmm. all, most of them, if not all, are inspired by some kind of game trope. So if you're an old school gamer um, and loves tabletop card games, this is a great one to get. Um, I believe it was a, a Kickstarter originally. It was successful. Um, yeah, I think it's one of these ones that um, it funded exceptionally well, and went on to kind of become one of these kind of Kickstarter darlings that gained an such a momentum that it was very very easy for it to make the transition from being a Kickstarter game into like a full retail game. You know, games like um, like Exploding Kitten and Scythe, and even like. You know, I think Cards Against Humanity even kind of started off in a a Kickstarter type style at some point. But what's if we because we always like to talk about one game in a bit of detail, and it sounds like you it's something that you really really enjoy. Mm-hmm. What's how what's the mechanics behind Boss Monsters Two? How does it actually work? It, it's a simple uh, dungeon crawling card game, but instead of that doesn't actually make any sense that doesn't really explain anything i'll get there (laughs) (laughs) instead of being a hero like most games you play as a hero you go in and you attack the monsters in this game you are the boss monster hence the name of the game Um, and the the cards that you get are actually uh rooms in your dungeon and so you're trying to build your dungeon each round stronger and more powerful to fight off those pesky heroes um and so there's another deck of heroes that get unveiled every round. Um, and so you um, you start off with two. Um, I think I think it depends on, from memory, I've only ever played with two, me and my son um, mm. more recently. So I, you, I think it's you pull, draw a hero per person who's playing, I think, from memory. Um, so we draw, you draw two heroes and then you're... And and then the heroes will choose which dungeon they go to based on the types of rooms you have in your dungeon that you've created in front of you. Yeah, and, okay. And I, I really like the simple mechanic. At the start of the game, when you only have your boss who do- doesn't actually attack and maybe the one card, you're trying to dissuade or push away 
the heroes from coming to you um and then as you get more powerful then you want to attract the heroes because you kill them and that's how you gain experience to win the game and so i like that kind of flip there's like a point where you're trying to say no i don't want heroes now and then there's a point where i can i can manage this i can i want to start attracting them and the way it attracts them is each each dungeon each dungeon room has one of four icons you've got your like kind of your money bag for the thieves you've got the sword for the warriors uh, you've got your uh, clerics, like a, a faith symbol for your clerics, and then a, a wizard symbol for your sorcerers. And they, the, the heroes will go to the dungeon with the most of those symbols that, that they align with. Oh, right, so, okay. Um, and so each round there's a flipping phase. So you play your card face down. And so there's a bit of like uh, bluffing or um, outguessing or outwitting your your other other dungeon players in the, in the, in the game on the table. And so yeah. you might... You might you can see on their open cards they've got two swords and you've got one sword and you're not you can't really take on the warrior that's on the village ready to come to you so you mm. want to play a sword um, mm. to try and match them and and so they don't come to you because if it's a tie they don't go to anybody they wait in the village until the next round and so there's oh, a bit right. of a bit of strategy and um, to and fro and and changing your dungeon to maybe push someone to the other player so um so they don't come to you but they go to them and hurt them because they're not ready to be able to take the 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 hero so there's a bit of bit of strategy that way and i I like that but it's also very simple to learn like it's just a case of flipping cards and kind of counting and and adding and and working out what damage is done um and odin's six years old he's learned it and he loves it every time someone comes over he tries and asks them to play boss monster with them Uh, (laughs) and and are we at the stage where you kind of let them kind of win to get them encouraged in the game? Are you how close are you to being in the point where you are actually having to try quite hard in order for them <laughs> not to kick your butt? Um, I I I still beat them most if I if I really want to. I usually go a little bit lenient lenient on them, but I don't let yeah. them win just for letting him win because i don't think that teaches him the right things no uh, no so i'll give him a chance and sometimes i'll give him extra couple of lice over over me um but i'll still happily beat him <laughs> and that sounds think, terrible yeah. but it no, teaches no, him no, that no, losing is no, important no i think on occasion um you really really need to still be able to make them cry um, <laughs> keep them humble just, if, just every now and again to keep them humble and make them aware that you know as you said yourself Losing is something that's going to happen, yep. and I'm not going to let you win like I used to. Now you're getting good because because I'm a proud man, and if you think I'm letting folk know that a six year old beat me, you've got another thing coming. <laughs> but but Odin Odin does beat me from time to time um, on certain things. Um, I think he has won a boss boss monster because there is all card games actually most type tabletop games. There's always an element of luck. If you just get yeah. bad hands, then there's there's only so much you can do. Yeah. Um, and well, it's like um, yeah. it's like my my son in Pokemon, and we're at the stage where um, I he will kick. He basically is such so good at knowing the decks that he's playing with that he knows if he gets this card, this card, and this card, it means that oh that card must be there, which means this is going to be coming up, and he's. He's really, really embraced the strategy right. of it. 
which counting means cards it's... is illegal, isn't it? No, <laughs> it's not like he's exactly. counting cards. <laughs> well, um, I think we're going to be we're going to be moving on to proper card games like you know Twenty One Blackjack Poker yep. and seeing if he can do it properly for us and maybe earn us some decent <laughs> money. But um, no, um, yeah, he's he's kind of it's one of these things you face and you go, I'll just you know. I'll maybe not play that or I'll maybe not do that and then you get to the point where I really need to play something decent now otherwise I'm going to end up completely losing <laughs> a ridiculous it, level to somebody who is you know a fifth of my age <laughs> kind of thing um, yeah. so they, learn, they learn quick though I, I really enjoy like just the simple fact of boss monster you have to count the damage and stuff so it's just, it's in, in encouraging teaching odin uh, math and subtract subtraction and adding and stuff like that um so yeah, yeah i like all those elements it's simple things but it's it, it's it adds value to his education in some ways and he's reading the cards he's only he's only six we started playing when he, when he just out when he just turned six and he's reading the cards and he's trying to understand what the descriptions are they all have abilities and i'm getting quite it's i reckon it's really cool yeah Never too young. i mean yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, if it gets them interested in reading, like, the flavor text on something, if they start to learn how to strategize stuff, if they learn about resource management, I mean, it's all good. And at the end of the day, yeah, while video games are really, really good, they're generally providing the atmosphere. Whereas if you're sitting down with somebody and you're playing a board game, the atmosphere is provided by the two of you and how you interact with each yeah. other and imagination a, you know, yeah which is yeah. a learning a learning experience that kids need to go through yeah, um, at absolutely. that stage absolutely um we'll obviously boss monsters will might stick a little linky up on up on the site we'll obviously put a list of everything we speak about the other one is the minecraft card game which in all honesty i've not really heard of but you probably then, haven't um it, it was just it's kind of very i guess a bit too mainstream <laughs> i just picked it up at your local store where they just have the scrabbles and the and the clues right, okay. and stuff but it was i got it for like ten dollars and i was actually quite impressed how um simple but um fun this game was like there was a little bit of car- uh, depth to it it's it's all minecraft based um but again you're you're collecting resources um you've got five piles in front of you with like i think it's like seven or eight cards underneath and that's randomly dealt out so you don't know what's coming and each round you have the ability to take a resource or and or build like i think you can do two things you can take a resource or and build or you can take two resources um, and not build and then you have another i think it's another four piles with the the things you can create like in minecraft you can create weapons and, and tools and stuff um, and the, and they all have a value on them, and so as you as you build those, they give you points that add up to your win. So you need like twenty. I can't remember what it is. Depending on how many players, it changes the value. I think it's like twenty one points or something you need to win. Um, and so obviously the diamond resources are more scarce, but the we- the weapons or tools you can build with them give you more points. Um, and then those resources, those tools you build give you an ability um, that you can use, a one-time use that you can use. Like when you, on the resource piles, if you uncover a creeper, it, it has an effect. And if you have a sword, 
you can use that to de- to defend yourself, and it changes um, the, it change changes the outcome. So super simple, really easy to learn, but it's a, it was a lot of fun like uh, playing with Odin. Uh, we did a quick YouTube video of it actually, um, and it's surprise for ten dollars. It's a lot of fun. Um, play for 10, 20 minutes each round, and it's yeah, good. Um, I was actually very surprised how good it was for what it was. And if your kids like Minecraft, it's definitely a good, a good one for a family activity. I'm just surprised I've never heard of it. I take well, it it's yeah. really, really, good, really, really good fun, though. Yeah, it is. It's just it's a real short, quick game. It doesn't take too long. Um, and if your kids like Minecraft, mm. um, then it's a good one to pick up because it's it's a fun family. It's it's family friendly fun. Um, as you take turns, there's different. You have to decide what you can do. So you need to collect resources. But if you collect, uh-huh. you have two phases to each turn. You can collect two resources, or you can um, click one and then build, and then, or you can reserve uh, one of the the weapons that you have to build with the resources. All right. And, okay. And so you can reserve it. You might have the resources because you know that your opposition might be able to build it their next turn, and you want to reserve those the opportunity to build it for yourself. So you can oh, kind right, of, okay. um, there's a little bit of strategy, a little minor strategy, but it's it's good family fun. So if you've got kids, it's a good, it's good on pick up and it's dirt cheap. I got it for 10 bucks. Um, so that is about 52 pence. Yeah, basically. pretty much. <laughs> about <laughs> five pound. Um, yeah. Probably. Uh, so it's pretty good. Pretty good. So I'm going to have a look at that and if I'll, I'll see if I can dig out. I'm going to put a list of the stuff that we covered in the show and if there's anything of interest that I think, oh, people may want to have a look at that. Because everyone's heard of like Ticket to Ride, so I'm not sure there's much point in putting a link for things yeah, like Ticket to Ride that. and stuff. Yeah, because everybody knows that. Not that but, we're saying we should be denying Ticket to Ride a link. <laughs> it's just that everybody knows who you are, so you don't need it. Um yeah. But it's. But th- I did it. I don't know if you heard this um, when we dropped out before, but me and Odin did a little kind of let's play of it of the Minecraft card game. There's on our channel, so I'll send you that link if you if you want to put it in, and so people can have a quick look at what it is if they're interested. Oh, awesome. Yeah. No. Totally. No. 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 Yeah. We'll put it. We'll make sure that's kind of in there as well. Um. Obviously, what it well no one of the things we do talk about is um we talk about what you've got to the table, but we've also talked about what you'd like to. I guess get off the shelf, and you've mentioned we spoke about this a while ago. Yes, and it was our continuing saga, I guess. But it was Dungeon Saga, and we yeah, went on not only to say some really nice things about it um, eventually, um, but we also um, we also had uh, Matt Gilbert on from uh, Mantic Games to talk about it. So. You said you'd like to get a hold of Dungeon Saga. Yes. Uh, um, it re- it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of maybe a more in-depth version of Hero Quest, uh, Hero's Quest. Um, and uh. so that's why I'm kind of intrigued by it. Um, and I almost picked it up because uh, it was on special at our local like online store. Uh-huh. And it was my birthday. Yeah. Because it was my birthday, I was busy. Then I was given money for my birthday from uh, my in-laws and, and a few people and then went to go buy it and had gone back up $20. And I'm stubborn. I'm, a, I'm an accountant. I wasn't going to spend the extra $20 <laughs> when I, I know I could have had it the day before for $20 less. Ah, uh, what? And so I so sat that, on it. 
and I've got so still got the money in my pocket. I've had it for like three, two months now, <laughs> and, I, and I haven't bought it. But that's one I think I'd really enjoy, and I think I'd really enjoy playing that with with Odin, um, going on quests and adventuring through dungeons. It's um, remarkably similar to Hero Quest. Um, in fact, I think that's what. I mean, that's what Matt said in the you know when he had a chat that that was one of the things those they were trying to aim for was a game that would bring back kind of the Hero Quest nostalgia amongst a lot of people as well. So, um, in fairness, uh, they kind of hit that because there's other games out there. There's games like Descent that's out there as well. Mm-hmm. And that can get a bit more complicated because they are trying to say, well, here's the good Hero Quest goodness, but we've added on some additional rules on top to maybe make it a, to make it a bit more modern. To yeah. make it, to give a bit more rules, to give it a bit more flavour. So yeah, I think you and I think you and Odin would really, really enjoy Dungeon Saga. Um, I think you'd have a, I think you'd have a blast with it. So, um, is there anything else that you've seen that you'd like to get your hands on? Uh, well, there yeah. is. Um, we've got. The, if you want to get into the give it a kick section. <laughs> okay. Uh, but. Uh, I'm kind of open, and I, um, as I say, like I'm, I've never, I haven't been heavily involved. I've always enjoyed board games, and so that's why I enjoy this podcast because it introduces me to things and gets me excited about things that I might want to play. And Dungeon Saga is the one that's kind of sat on my um, at the end of my finger, ready to click on it <laughs> by now. Um, have you have you looked at? Um, I keep starting to mention this more and more as the date gets closer. But have you looked at Star Wars Des- Destiny at all? No, I've heard you mention it. I wouldn't know anything about it to be honest, but I might have it's, to. I might have to have a look. It's kind of like um, I would say, from what I can see, it's kind of like a mixture of almost like magic and Pokemon, and um, even almost like getting into Yu-Gi-Oh territory. Yep. But you're basically you're fighting off two characters from the Star Wars universe, and you use dice, and there's also tokens, so it's kind of a bit net runnery in that respect but it looks really really good fun and um we'll be having a we'll be having a chat about it so that's that's um that's quite good good. did you look at did you look at bloodborne or the dark souls i'm keen on the bloodborne one i forgot that was actually coming that's due out very soon isn't it the bloodborne one yeah i think they're still waiting on a definitive date when it's coming out i know that um my the kind of my retailer of choice that i usually use they've had it on available for pre-order for some time but um yeah and i've i've not seen an i'm not seeing an actual date for when it's going to drop in yet because that that obviously being a huge uh, from software fan is one i probably will get uh, to sit alongside my um collector's edition art books and <laughs> and strategy <laughs> guides uh, yeah, it does. It does look nice, um, and it sounds like a little bit of fun. Um, and it's got chalice yeah. dungeons, and who doesn't like the chalice dungeons? Um, everybody, Vader, <laughs> except, except I Jeremy and me. I like Jer- chalice no, dungeons. Jer- yeah, Jeremy loves the chalice dungeons, which makes me question his whole kind of whether <laughs> he really is a fan of Dark Souls or the series <laughs> at all. If he likes the chalice dungeons, and he defends them quite passionately as well. Which is quite interesting because I think yep. folk went uh, in Dark Souls three there was like the Carthus dungeons and people were like saying 
Well, you know, it looks like uh, it looks like the Chalice Dungeons. And Jeremy's like, well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> yep. Yeah, on <laughs> with Jeremy, um, I, I, there's aspects of them I don't like, but in general, I think they're quite... Uh, it's just more more uh, more space to fight and fighting is what makes the dark souls the the soulsborne games great is the mechanics yeah uh, so i'm not well. i'm not i'm not gonna take, take well, that jeremy knows a message and because uh, it's kind of a game when on this uh, with you is that that who can bring up dark souls in the in your podcast um and so i'll do it <laughs> i think that's why i enjoy dark souls and or demon souls originally so much is because it has that dungeon it has like a true dungeon exploring experience where you don't know what's around the corner and mm. thinking about it while we've been talking today i think that's why i actually got into it because it reminds me of those experiences in hero quest where you're where you're going you don't know what's around the corner and and the Dungeons and Dragons, where where you, anything could happen, and the DM's going to surprise you. Uh, just with Demon Souls and Dark Souls, it's Miyazaki and his From Software team that are the DMs. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that's why I enjoy it that 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 anticipation of what's coming and the unknown. It's interesting that there's um, while the the Dark Souls board game has been backed to the sum of like millions, <laughs> the that. Yeah, people are kind of. I think people are still very, very interested to see how it plays out because I couldn't see it playing out like a traditional kind of dungeon saga hero quest game. They're gonna have to do something a bit different. From what the I'm seeing, the combat looks really good. The combat looks yeah. really intriguing, and I the um, the figures look um, oh, nothing short of stunning, absolutely <laughs> stunning. But it's but, gonna be about six hundred dollars if you want to get everything that comes as part of the Kickstarter. Yeah, that's the main reason I, I couldn't do it. I was so tempted, even no. just the base game. But the base mm. game would I just feel sad that I wasn't getting the, all the other Ornstein and Smo and all the other figures that were on the expansions. Mm-hmm. And even even the base game was you're looking at was like two hundred New Zealand dollars for the base game or something for shipping and whatnot. And yeah. When it's not coming out for a year and a half, it's kinda of hard to drop that kind of cash. Um, yeah, just not knowing when it's actually going to drop because yeah. there's been a, there's been a, um, there's been a a recent arrival on Kickstarter, and what I mean by arrival is it's actually starting to hit people's houses, uh, okay. which is uh, Conan the Barbarian. So that game, people went on Kickstarter about I think it's two years ago, two and a half years ago was when it was first kind of released, um, available to be kickstarted. And then I think um, it's only started hitting people's kind of desks, kind of recently. Yeah, so what's happened time. is, it is a, it's a long time to be waiting for something that you potentially pledged a couple of hundred pounds on many many years ago. And su- not surprisingly, there has been um, on the kind of the sales the sales boards that I see on Facebook. There's a lot of them kind of turning up kind of for sale because i think people just want their money back they know that there'll be an interest and uh, yeah, yeah and they just want to get their money back they're not interested in playing it anymore they're kind of the the it's excitement's gone. kind of gone yeah yeah exactly and, and that's a shame and i really like the platform kickstarter kickstarter i just think i'm a bit impatient like i i'd mm. rather go buy something and have it now i don't like to wait <laughs> um, no exactly but uh, um i mean you've mentioned a couple on kind of give it a kick Yes. Um, do you want to talk? I mean, do you want to talk about? Tell us those ones. That are... Yes, and so I have been getting into a bit more Kickstarter. I've um, bought 
I've backed um, some smartwatches for my kids, and I've cool. backed recently a, a video game. Um, so I'm getting a bit more into it, and I'm trying to work on my patience. But a couple of games I think I'll definitely be backing. Um, one mm. is actually a friend of a friend's. I don't know him, but it's one that I, it's the one I tweeted you about it two weeks ago. And yeah, from what the game's made, the game's ready, and so I don't think it'll be a long wait when it goes onto Kickstarter. It's not live yet, so I'm kind of jumping the gun, gun a little bit with this one. But this is uh, no. Blood Manor. Um, I don't know if you remember me tweeting this at you a couple of weeks ago. Uh, of course I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, I went on to to have a look, and it looked uh, it looked really really interesting. Yeah, it's it's just a simple card um, mystery game. Uh, yeah, well, I'm trying to find. It. I'm on the website now. I'm trying to read it in their words, but basically, it's kind of you're trying to work out who did it and what how they did it. Um, and it's a game that takes. They've said it takes five minutes to learn, uh, twenty minutes to play. So it's a nice quick game. That's what I kind of like. Uh, it means you're able to play with friends and when they come over. You're not gonna. Mm. It's not gonna take your whole night. Um, but it's yeah. a bit of a laugh and, and a bit of fun. And the cards. That's got a cool kind of art style. Um, and yeah, I just I think it, I think it's gonna be potentially a lot of fun. And it's not gonna be super pricey either. So it's one you can no. pick up, pick up, have it on yeah. a coffee table, and have a quick round when you've got some friends over or or with the family. Sounds really good. Um, Sounds really good. So, so that's the first one. Uh, yeah, Murder yeah, at that. Blood Manor is a fantastic and unique whodunit card game. Players draw and steal cards until someone discovers the suspect, finds the murder weapon, and collects enough evidence to make an arrest. Think of Clue meets Exploding Kittens meets Uno. For real. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a hybrid. Um, and to be honest, it's not a huge investment, so I think it's, it'd be well worth giving it a go. Um, and supporting cool. a small... A small developer which is really cool which is yeah which is kind of like what we what we kind of like to do um and i certainly recognize the second one yes. that you've got on your I'm list i'm very excited about this one um this was your guest i don't think it was the most recent or maybe two or so episodes ago from time of our recording yeah 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 um and he's it was i was very um intrigued and excited about um, hearing about this game um, and loved the description jumped on, followed him on Twitter um, he sent me some some of the artwork which looks great for the cards it's a goblin, It's I loved it it's, it, it's, it's got a unique style to its goblin it's not your just exact, your typical type goblin that you'd see from day to day, it has their own twist and, and spin on it which I like and the cards look great and it just looks like it'll be a good dungeon adventure game uh, to be able to use your imagination and explore in, in a game and it's, uh, quests. it's Legends Untold yes, and oh, it's, sorry I didn't uh, say the name, sorry, my bad <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited it's alright <laughs> it's Ke- yeah. Kevin Young who was on um, yes. who was basically on we had uh, Nick Jones on recently and Kevin Young was on before and we had a blast having a recording and uh, yeah Legends Untold looks like one um, definitely kind of worthwhile watching. If you want to know more about it, um, we're going to put a link in the show notes and the actual Kickstarter starts... Soon, isn't a, it? It's to, it potentially might be Monday or Tuesday. It's really, really close. I'll need to go back. But if you want to know more about it, then by all means jump into the episode with Kevin because it is um, we had an absolute blast recording the show 
and his passion and enthusiasm for yeah. what he's about to put out there just it just shows. I mean, he's he's spent obviously a lot of time kind of putting this together, and I think yeah, it's one of these nice little games that I'm really hoping people kind of get behind because he well, was behind. again. Yeah, he was a genuinely nice guy. So there you yeah. go. So that's 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 kind of good. That's kind of yeah, good. I'm sold on it. I really enjoyed the episode. I enjoy all your episodes, uh, but it was a really, it's a really good listen. Um, he described explained the game really well and just yeah, really intrigued and excited to to give it a go. Cool. Cool. So that's excellent. That's what I'm going to um, be backing. What well, obviously um, one of the after give us a kick, we do kind of shout outs. And as I always say, I'm not about to sit here and make um, and make you listen to <laughs> me giving a whole pile of shout-outs to, to people. But I am going to say on a personal note that um, you are, as we mentioned earlier, you're part of Dark Insight. Um, and Dark Insight's just a damn fine bit of podcasting to listen to. It's you, Jeremy Greer, it's... Uh, Mr. Cliff Goldsmith. Yep. Um, Morbid's part of that team now, is he? Yes, so Morbid Bears joined on with just this weekend of recording, which no one knows when that is probably because it could be in the future that you're listening to this. Well, I hope it's in the, ah, yeah. in the past. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, it would be weird. And yeah, so he's just joined our team, so we've gone for a four-man team and we've moved from fortnightly to weekly and we'll be alternating between our hosts and bringing on guests um, a bit more often. And, cool. Uh, yeah, and we're mostly a, a, a gaming podcast. You kind of... Well, I wouldn't say just that. I mean, you've got the weather report. Yes, we do have a weather report. We have, the obviously, the <laughs> continued... The continued go ongoing fabulous joke about why things are much more expensive in New Zealand because of the exchange rate, and um, that's yep. always fun. Um, but it's gaming. You um, you've gone into music. You go into kind of um, gaming news and stuff. So it's all your kind of your particular takes on stuff. I love the fact that it seems to be taking over about three different time zones as well. Yes, it um, is. <laughs> We have a well, very small window to record once uh, every week um, because we're in uh, Louisiana in the States, we're in uh, mm. London, UK, and we're in Little Old Wellington, New Zealand uh, when we record. So and when we, have, when we have guests, it, it can make it even more complicated. <laughs> nah, it's, a yeah. good, it's good fun. It's a good laugh. Um, so Dark Insight, you can, where can you find Dark Insight? Um, it, we've got a website, darkinsight.net. And mm-hmm. on Twitter, Dark Insight Pod, and mm-hmm. uh, you can send us an email if you feel like it. No one ever does because emails are outdated now. Um, <laughs> at Dark, uh, what is it? Dark Insight, or it might be podcast at darkinsight.net. Yes, I, I think, think that's so. What it is. Yeah, and there's or another dark. There's one Sorry? at Gmail or something as well. Yes, that's our original one, but we got fancy branded emails when we got our website. <laughs> okay <Yeah>. then. Okay. <laughs> Um, for those who haven't, I guess for those who um, you mentioned as well that you do kind of let's plays and general playthroughs with uh, with your boy. Yes. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Um, 
basically I like games and it's a good excuse to play more games with my son uh, <laughs> and we yeah we, we bought a bunch of equipment about a year and a bit ago um, and we record uh, mostly console games uh, a wide variety from Lego games to um, games Odin's been playing some Dark Souls 3 and we've recorded a bit of that um, I saw yeah. that I saw them take down um, Udex, is it Udex Gundar Udex, yes yep I, I was like that eyes. But got no, I was, yeah, I was cheering along because I was like that. Yes, and when he took him down, it's like you must have been the proudest guy in the entire yeah. southern hemisphere because, um, I think it's going to become one of these things. Is it you remember when your kids first played Dark Souls kind of thing, and you remember the first boss that they defeated? But hats off to him for for beating it because it's yeah, not well. it's not the easiest. Um, beginning boss to play and complete in a game um so do you have a regular schedule of stuff that you bring out um we try to be consistent we usually get two or three videos a week uh recently we've been a bit um busy with the we've moved recently and so things have just been all over the place but yeah we try and Uh get two or three videos a week of a variety of things yeah um Minecraft. We're doing a zoo at the moment. We've been we're doing for like a year on and off. We'll do like a different enclosure each each episode. Hmm. Um, as I said, the Lego games. Fat Princess is one of our favourite games. Um, yeah, really I've seen a couple it. of I've seen a couple of playthroughs of that. Yeah, it it's looks, a lot of fun. That game. Lot of fun. Um, and basically, we'll, we'll play anything. We've played some Hearthstone recently um, together um, versus each other. Again, I don't let them beat me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I don't go like easy on him. Um, and if he does beat you, it's like, okay, son, let me show you where you went wrong. <laughs> See, I didn't play this card. <laughs> no, I didn't play that. I was. Where did I make the mistakes, or where did I let you start to win? I think yeah. you need to. You need to learn this. And if you don't get this right, you can go to your room. <laughs> um, but basically, we have a lot of fun together, and it's just. Um, yeah, I've I've enjoyed learning how to edit videos. I'm still learning, so any feedback I'm always more than welcome to. And if there's any requests on any games or suggestions on games, we're more than happy to to, to take those on and, and try and get a hold of them and play them. And um, what's the what's the channel called? It's Vader Van Odin, which means the father of Odin. So there you go. So that was the first. I think when you told me that and said what that meant, and then I went, but that means that Darth Vader. Was Darth Father? Yeah, Dark all Father, the time. Darth mean, yeah. Dark means yeah. yeah. So it's not a surprise that it was the end. <laughs> I know. Everything's <laughs> like that. Oh, we're trying to keep it safe. What are you trying to keep it safe for? Well, uh, we're going to try and keep it safe that Darth Vader is actually Luke Skywalker's dad. Okay. So how are we going to hide that? Well, how about we hide it in plain sight and actually yep. just call him Dark? You know, the Dark Father. And it's yep, like, that, all right that's then. Exactly it. Which doesn't kind of make sense. It, it does. It makes then the kind of the the Attack of the Clones film. Um, no, sorry, the the Revenge of the Sith or whatever make make it look ridiculously stupid, because then why did the Emperor give him the name of the Dark Father if he wasn't a dad at the time? Unless he knew <laughs> he was a dad. Good point. Um, yep. It's just another way of Lucas, just you know, Missing with us. Yep. Ru- just ruining everything again pretty much but uh, no it's, it's good to see those films are, are going someplace more excited as said but yeah, yeah so Vader Van Oden go on YouTube drop a subscribe watch as many of the videos as you can because they're they're not 
they're not massively long affairs and they're always a lot of, a lot of good fun. If people wanted to they listen to this and they go, that Charles, he's a f- swell chap. And if they wanted to follow you on Twitter, do you want them to follow you on Twitter? Of course. Yeah, you, always, yes. always like good people to chat with and, and message, um, usually about so where, gaming. Uh, it's just so Vader where, Van where can Oden. they find you? Vader Van you Odin. I kept things simple. Uh, everything is Vader Van Odin, which is also a running joke on the Dark Insight. Yes. Um, everywhere except certain places that Jeremy frequents. <laughs> <laughs> And aren't there so many of those? Um, cool. Now, I do if really you want... like Jeremy, just to make that clear. We're, we're good mates. <laughs> it's it's kind of like it continued. It's almost become a meme that yep. Jeremy Greer now is internationally the worst. I don't know where that's come from. I think it came from Paddy from uh, Twin be, Humanities. Yeah. But the, the truth is, he is a very top top chap, and I really I like uh, working with him. And yeah. He knows it's all in jest. <laughs> he does know. He should know it's all in jest. Um, now, if you want to keep a track of what we're doing, um, you can find us. Um, just like Vader Van Oden, we are We're Not Wizards pretty much everywhere. So we're We're Not Wizards on Twitter, on the Facebook, on Instagram. You can pick us up on Stitcher. You can find us on um, Acast. And we're also on iTunes. If you have listened today and you like what you hear... Um, ratings are always nice subscriptions are always nice as well we do like those a lot um, but just have a chat with us on um, on the Twitters um, if there's board games that you would like to um, maybe have a chat about then, then mention it to us if you are itching to actually come on and speak to somebody about board games then um, we are at the moment we are to let you know we are kind of looking into 2017 as far as guests go um so if you're interested then ping us a little shout on twitter and we can we can we always like you know we like having good people good fun people on like mr vera van odin who has been fantastic listen thank you very much for coming on that's a pleasure always it's been um, talking with you. it's always been it's been a lot of fun um but remember, and this is really important, that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards? I may be a time mage, and that's probably why we had problems. But <laughs> <laughs> that's no, an accept. That's that's not, an accept. <laughs> we're not. I'm that's not accept- a wizard. That's fantastic. That is acceptable. Um, but it only leads to say it's. Uh, it's a, a to say goodbye. So it's goodbye from uh, Mr. Charles. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from me. Take care, and we shall speak to you soon. But until then, goodbye.